0: Amen. That was a blessing. I like that little thing at the end there. That was really good. All right. If you take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. and if you found it and you're able to, would you please stand in honor of the Word of God? We do this in Uganda as well, and uh, our people have gotten so used to it, I don't even have to ask them to stand. Once I say the verse and they find it, they just stand right up. Sometimes I even forget I'm focused on my message and I didn't even mention from the stand and I look out there and understand. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 16, we'll begin reading in verse 24. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life, For my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? I want you to go back to verse 24 and notice that phrase. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. That's what I would like to speak about tonight, about denying ourselves. Father, I pray that you would be with this message tonight. I pray that you would again give me the words to say. I pray that you would speak to my heart as well. May I not just preach to uh, the crowd, but that I might give exactly what you would have for me to give that is also for me. May I also humble myself and listen to your word and heed it. Bless this message, I pray, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. In Uganda, we've been going through a series of messages on personal consecration. Our theme for this year is let others see Jesus in you. So we've been talking about how we can live our lives so that people see Jesus in us. And I've been going through these, this series of personal consecration, and, and so this was one of the messages in that. So if you want a title for this message, it's Personal Consecration Number 7. It's serious. That's kind of the title. But anyway, <laughs> the thought is letting us... Learn about denying ourselves. When I preached this um, there in Uganda, the next Sunday, uh, one of the men in our church, he and his wife and a couple other ladies, wrote a song concerning this verse and also the verse in Luke, and I was able to record it. And I asked the Pastor if I could play it tonight, and so you may it may be difficult to understand. They're speaking English, um, but their English is more. English than our American English. And so we're going to put the words up on the screen so that hopefully what you hear, you'll be able to see the words and be able to understand what they're saying. But it was just such a blessing that after preaching this, they wrote this song. And so, brother, could we go ahead and play that song?
1: It is a scripture song and it is extracted from the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 24, and then Luke, chapter 9, verse 23. If any man will come after Jesus, let him deny himself at this cross. and follow Jesus that's when-
0: I enjoy their singing. It's great. But that's the key of the message tonight is let him deny himself. What exactly does that phrase deny himself mean? Well, we can look at scripture and get some idea of what it means when Jesus says deny himself. Uh, if you want to go back to Matthew chapter 10, here's the first understanding of what he means when he says to deny himself. Matthew chapter 10 verse 33, he says, but whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my father, which is in heaven. You say, okay, well, it says deny, but what is he talking about? Well, we can get the contrasting idea from the verse right before it. Verse 32, whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my father, which is in heaven. So there is an idea of confessing Him that we know Him, that there is knowledge about Him. So if you look even before these verses here, he's talking about the things that a disciple is going to have to go through, the trials, the persecution, the struggles. And so in in light of the persecution and troubles that may come, he says, some will deny me and some will confess me. He also says in, in, the, in the same story, but also in Mark and Luke, he says, whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him also shall the son of man be ashamed when he come in the glory of his father with the holy angels. If you remember a very good illustration of being ashamed of Christ or failing to confess him is when Peter denied Christ. He denied that he knew him. Three times he was asked, do you know this man? Oh, no, I don't know who he is. I know him not. I do not know the man. That's a great example of denying Christ. One day that is going to come in this country when someone says, are you a Christian? And you might have a gun pointed at your head. What are you going to say? Oh, Jesus, who's he? Never even heard of him. So the first idea of denying him is a sense that you don't know him. You know him not. Um, But then there's a second sense. If you go to Acts chapter 3, look in Acts chapter 3, here's another uh, thought about what it means to uh, the meaning of denying him. Acts chapter 3 and verse 13, Peter uh, is preaching here. Uh, He says, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob The God of our fathers hath glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. Verse 14, but ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. Now, these people knew Jesus. They knew who he was. So they were not denying that they knew him as Peter did. Jesus here was claiming to be the Messiah, the king. They were denying to accept him as their king. They denied to accept his messiahship over them. Not this man, but Barabbas. He ought to die because he made himself the son of God. Away with him. We have no king but Caesar. So, yes, they knew him, but their denial was in the fact that they did not want him to be their king. They refused him. They said, No, away with him. If you go to chapter seven, when Stephen is preaching, he gives another example, or he gives an example of someone else who was denied. And verse 25. He is talking about Moses, says for he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them, but they understood him not. They did not accept him. Verse 27, but he that did his neighbor wrong thrust him away saying, who made thee a ruler and a judge over us? God had sent him to be the deliverer for Israel. They denied him. They rejected him. They did not want him to do it. So in each case, you have Moses, you have Jesus here, and the same idea, they came to their people with a claim that they were given from God as the deliverer. Each each one put that claim forward, offered the blessings of it, but was rejected. Israel rejected Moses to lead them out. Now, eventually later they would, but Israel refused to accept the title of king for Jesus. They refused to submit to his authority. They knew him, but they denied him in his character as the one sent of God. You say, well, that's, that's no big deal. Well, we'll get to where that has great implications because when you reject someone as your king, you're saying, I don't have to listen to him. I don't have to do what he says. Then there's a third way that You can deny. If you go to Titus chapter one, it's after Timothy, first and second Timothy, Titus. Titus chapter one, he's talking about these people there in Crete. Uh, He mentions in verse 16, he says, They profess that they know God, but in works. They deny him, being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. Later on in Second Peter, Peter says, False teachers among you who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them. So, in this case, it is not only not knowing him, it's not denying that you claim him as the Messiah or the King, but someone who claims to follow him. But in their works, they deny him. Later on, John says, Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. Then Jude says, certain men crept in unawares, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. The first one and the last one, these are those who are actually doing things contrary to God, going the opposite way. Those who profess to follow him, are bound to obey Him. Amen? We claim the name of Christ. We say, I'm a Christian. But do we deny Him in our works? Oh, well, I go to church on Sunday. All right, what do you do on Monday? This is why so many people hate Christians, because they see what we do on Sunday, and then they see where we live on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. Oh, we profess Christ. I'm a Christian. Oh, yes, I go to church. But in our works, we deny him. Obedience to him is not given. Therefore, his authority is denied. In actuality, we as Christians, the way we live our lives, we are denying Christ. Paul gives an example of a man who claims to be a Christian but doesn't even provide for his own household. He says, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. That's someone who won't provide for his family. What about someone who claims to be a Christian but doesn't even follow him? Why do we claim to be a Christian and then not follow him? Why don't we just say, I am not a Christian and I don't care to be one? Wouldn't that be more honest? Why do we want to, is there some superiority that makes, that we become because we claim to be a Christian but don't ever even follow it? We were joking around with Pastor around lunchtime and I said, I don't even know why I'm in Uganda because unless you're, unless you claim to be a Muslim, everybody claims to be a Christian. Everyone in Uganda is a Christian or a Muslim. So I guess we're just there preaching to the Muslims. But Uganda is number two in Africa for alcohol consumption. It's number eight in the world. It is a wicked country, but everybody's a Christian. They profess it, but they deny him in their works. Let him deny himself. Now, everything that we talked about there in those three cases was towards Christ. It was a follower of Christ that we are now required to, to, you might say, overcome if we're going to follow Christ. For example, the first one was denying that you know him. Someone would deny Christ for personal comfort or ease or advantage. Uh, now, for us today in, in this society, we're not being persecuted. We are not we have we live in a free country. Oh, Pastor, you don't understand about America. You're out in Uganda, you don't know. Are there police outside stopping us from coming here? Did you have to come here secretly so that nobody would know you're coming to church? We have freedom in this country. But someday, or maybe there will be a time when you will be tempted to deny Christ for personal comfort. Maybe even your job. Maybe your bosses are not saved, and if they know you're a Christian, they might fire you. Will You deny Christ, or will you deny yourself? In the second case, denying Christ means the rejection of his claim as God's ruler and king over men's lives. So what does that mean? That means a person must reject all claim to rule and govern his own life and yield it in subjection to Jesus Christ, who is the ruler, thereby denying yourself. Will we do that? Take ourselves off the throne and put Christ on the throne? When we do that, we are denying ourselves. And then, as you heard in the song and even the scripture says, then we can be a disciple of Christ. Not until then. And then number three, denying Christ means the refusal to render him the obedience he demands and the denial of his authority over our conduct. You see, the will of ourself, when it is no longer obeyed, we are no longer recognized as the supreme authority in our life. That's when we have denied ourselves. Do we really think that we are on this earth for our own plans, for our own benefit? Is that why God put us here? God has a plan for every one of us. But that plan only comes when we deny ourselves and put Christ on the throne and follow His will. The Bible says no man can serve two masters. When Christ is accepted and submitted to, obeyed and followed as master in the whole life, then self is denied and Christ is confessed. But where self is the authority, where the will, the pleasure, the choice, the decision of self is chosen in opposition to that of Christ, then Christ is denied and self is confessed as Lord. Now we wouldn't do that We wouldn't physically deny Christ and say, I'm on the throne, but we do by our actions. Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He denied it. He said, no, I am not taking that title anymore. Therefore, he left the palace. He left the comfort. He left everything and went back to his people, choosing rather to suffer affliction with his people. He denied that. I think most of us would have stayed there. Well, I think God can use me over here. Maybe if that's what God wants you to do. But Moses realized he could not lead his people from the palace. And so he denied that life. Now, when we think of self denial, we think of denying self. <clears throat> we kind of think of the idea of denying something or denying ourselves something. Well, okay, I'm going to deny myself sodas or I'm going to deny myself sweets. And we kind of take that as the idea of denying ourselves. Well, I am. I'm denying myself soda. I'm denying myself sugar, sweets, whatever. But it's very different. For example, let's say a young Muslim boy is with his father and he asks his father, he says, dad, I want this watch. And the father says, no son, I must deny you that watch until you are older. Okay, the boy accepts what his father says. The relationship hasn't changed, they go on with life. Well then later, That young Muslim boy becomes a Christian. His father finds out about it, kicks him out. The son says, Father, will you not let me return? I'm your son. The father says, I deny you. You are no longer my son. My son is dead. You are nothing to me. Would you say those are different? You see, one was just denying something that didn't really change the relationship at all. The other was that person was denied. We like to watch the World Cup in in Africa, that's a big thing, Olympics aren't so big, but you take either one, Olympics or, or the World Cup, people train for those things for years. And they deny themselves certain foods, certain activities. And you think, oh, see, he's denying himself. Well, what is his goal? His goal is to get the medal, the gold medal. So is he really denying himself? Is he? Are you with me? You getting the difference here? He is denying something, but in the end, it's all about himself. You see that? So he's not denied himself. He's denied something to himself for the goal of standing on that podium with that medal around his neck. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but I'm, I want you to get the picture of difference between denying something to yourself and denying yourself. Someone who is in school, he, he wants the success in those exams, in those exams He wants to be the valedictorian or salutatorian or whatever. And so he will deny himself the pleasures of being with his friends. He'll deny these other activities. But what's the goal? Is he denying himself? No, he's really pleasing himself because in the end, he wants to walk across the platform and be the one that says, I'm the valedictorian. You see the difference in those two. It's not a matter of denying themselves, it's denying themselves something. And the Bible is not talking about denying yourself something, it's about denying yourself. During the spring, for a lot of people, especially Catholics, they have what they call Lent. may know what Lent is? 40 days of what? Denying something. Okay. Now they do it before Lent, then they deny themselves that, but then after Lent, they go back and do it again. Right? So are they really denying themselves? Just denying themselves something. Now it could be good for them. Maybe if they're maybe a little overweight and they say, I'm gonna stop eating ice cream. Okay, for those 40 days, that's good for them, right? It can be good. But that's not what the scripture is talking about when he says, deny yourself. Uh, maybe the money they saved in not buying that ice cream, they buy some new clothes after Lent. So it really it wasn't denying themselves; it was a way to get what they wanted. Is there anything of confessing Christ, anything of owning his authority, obeying his commands, anything of self-denial? No, it's just denying yourself something, then at the end you get something maybe. Two guys were talking about how they observed Lent. One guy said that he abstains from smoking during Lent. The other says he found smoking to be a hindrance to his service of God, and so He abstains from it entirely because the first guy, he stopped smoking for Lent, but he was going to go back and smoke again after Lent. They go on to say that uh, the first guy, he says during Lent, he's going to stop going to the theaters. The other says that he has come to the conclusion that what happens on those screens is not after the mind of Christ. And so he's decided he's not going to go to the theaters anymore. Even after Lent. The first guy says, Well, during Lent, he doesn't dance. Second guy says, He has found that the place where dancing is, he cannot be a witness for Christ. And so he has given it up completely. The one has given up something, the other has denied himself. The former thought, well, it'd be a good thing to abstain from these things during Lent. But there was no divine authority for what he was giving up. He saw nothing wrong with it. It wasn't God telling him to do that because if God was telling him to stop those things, he wouldn't have picked them back up after Lent. He would have forsaken those things. He would have not returned to them on Easter Monday. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. If any man will come after me, that shows us that we are to follow him. We're not following our own path. We're not following the way we choose. We're following, as we heard this morning, his way. And you know what that means? He's already been there. He's already gone through it. We're just following him. Jesus Christ was the greatest example of self-denial. The greatest. John chapter 5, verse 19, it says, Verily, verily I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he seeeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. Verse thirty he says, I can of mine own self do nothing, as I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. John chapter 8, verse 28, as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. I do always those things that please him. So here we have the example of Jesus Christ, his thoughts, his words, his actions, everything. He denied his own will to do the Father's will. And then Jesus says to those who follow him, if you will come after me, you have to deny yourself. You have to deny your way of doing things. You have to acknowledge that I am the king, that I am the Lord, that I am the ruler, that my way is the right way. Deny yourself Then you can be my disciple. So completely had Jesus yielded his own will and accepted the Father's will and authority that every single act, choice, decision, and word was taken from the Father. Can anything show more clearly that he denied himself? The disciples taught the same thing. We then that are strong ought not to please ourselves. They which live should henceforth not live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men, but to the will of God. We keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight." Can you ask yourself what you have denied to follow Christ? Pastor gets up and he preaches about living for the Lord, and you get all upset and mad and say, who does that preacher think he is preaching on my sin? Hello, it's sin if even you're saying it's sin. He's trying to help you deny yourself. Why? So that you can follow Christ. Do you think he's up here to run you off? Uh, Who would pay his salary if everybody left? He's here to help you follow Christ. Is that why you come to church? Why do you come to church? Do you come to see your friends? Do you come to sing the songs? Don't we come so that the pastor will preach at us so why do we get mad when God he doesn't necessarily know our sin but God does and God tells him what to preach and it's amazing how after church sometimes in Uganda I have preached the message I believe God wanted me to preach I believe I I gave the direction, the words he wanted me to say. And I'll go out there and stand and shake the people's hands and they'll say, wow, thank you. That part right there about this really spoke to me. I think, I don't remember saying anything about that. And then I'll have another person say, wow, that part about this really spoke to me. That was like one second that I said something. That's the way the word of God is. That's the purpose of the man preaching the word of God because it hits everybody. And when you're not here, you miss what God has for you. (laughs) I've heard people say all the time, or I've heard some pastors say, people came and, oh, they had a really bad week and, and, oh, pastor, I need some counseling. Oh, counseling started at 10 o'clock Sunday morning. Where were you? Amen. If we want to follow Christ, we need to be here so the pastor can rip our face off. (laughs) Why do you get mad at him when he preaches? Isn't that why you come? Amen. And we ought to wonder, um, what happened, Lord? I didn't get convicted today. I came to church so I could get my life right and I, I, no, nothing spoke to me. Wow, can you imagine if people said that after church? Instead of getting mad at the preacher for preaching against your sin, but say, wow, I didn't get something today. What happened? Maybe I need to go to the altar. Instead of fellowshiping with people, maybe I need to come up here and find out what happened. What is his purpose in coming up here to do this? So that we all will deny ourselves so that we can follow Christ? Are we willing to deny ourselves? Not give up something. Uh, there was a, a pastor in California who challenged me. Uh, I had brought some coffee back for him because I knew he liked coffee. And so I, it was about October, I think it was, and I gave him a bag of coffee from Uganda and said, just a small thank you for supporting us for these years in Uganda. He said, well, thank you. I appreciate it. I will drink it January 1st. I thought, January 1st? So I was curious, and I said, why January 1st? He said, well, this year I've committed to give up coffee. I thought, really? He said, it's nothing spiritual. It's nothing uh, that, that, that it, you know, is bring any blessings, but it's just my way of making sure that I am in control of my body. And so I'm denying myself coffee. I thought, that's a pretty good challenge. So when I went back to Uganda, I tried it with soda, soda pop. So I went a whole year not drinking soda pop. And I'm telling you, January 1st, I had a soda. (laughs) So I thought, okay, what can I do this year? Coffee? So I did. One year, I did coffee. And I have to tell you, it was a lot harder than giving up soda. But I made it through. The January 1st, oh, <laughs> I enjoyed a nice cup of coffee. It didn't make me any more spiritual to deny myself coffee. It didn't make me any more spiritual to deny myself soda. I don't think I could do ice cream. I just, I, <laughs> Lord, I... <laughs> But see, that's not what God is telling us to do. He's not telling us, deny yourself something. He's saying, deny yourself your will and follow my will. Now, I I know people in Uganda. I don't know how people do things here in America. And so to give illustrations and examples, they would fit more Uganda than they would here. But I think each one of you could know in your own life how God would say to you, deny yourself and follow me. Something in your life that you have basically said, no, God, that's mine. You can't touch that, God. I'll give you everything here, but not this. Whatever it is, maybe you have something against someone that you can't forgive. You're not going to be able to follow Christ if you can't forgive. Jesus said, if you don't forgive, the Father's not going to forgive you. Maybe there's a besetting sin, as our brother talked about this morning in Sunday school. A besetting sin that's keeping you from following Christ. You know what it is. Are you willing to deny your will so that you can be a disciple of Christ? It's a call to a life's decision by which the conduct is henceforth to be ruled by Christ, Once for all, from the moment that discipleship is entered into and consecration becomes a reality, self is dethroned and Christ is enthroned. Amen. Isaiah 26, 13 says, other lords beside thee have had dominion over us, but by thee only will we make mention of thy name. There's other lords in your life. Maybe it's just yourself. And maybe tonight you can think of something the Lord's speaking to you about that you need to deny. Not something, but something in your life. Some part of self and deny that so that Christ can be the Lord in your life. Christ is the perfect example of self-denial. The Bible says he is our example. Will we follow him? Will we just say, forget that, I'm not going to do that. Or will we say, okay, Lord, show me. Sometimes God answers, well, God always answers prayer in his own time. Always. But there is one prayer that God always answers right away in my life always. God never waits on this prayer. You know what that prayer is? Lord, reveal to me any sin in my life. And it just, oh, forgot about that. So maybe our prayer tonight could be, Lord, show me how I can deny myself. What area in my life that I am leading, that I have said I'm in charge I'm the one to make the decision here. What air in your life can the Lord say right now? You know what it is. Deny yourself. And follow Christ. Brother, can we play that song one more time? Think about the words. If we deny ourselves, then we can be his disciple. Until then... We're not following him. We're following us. Sorry, I put him on the spot there. It
1: is a scripture song, and it is extracted from the book of Matthew, chapter sixteen, verse twenty-four, and then Luke, chapter nine, verse twenty-three. He- Come after Jesus. That's when you will be his disciple